There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that listen, thankful for this Tuesday edition of the podcast the Lord has given us. We'll be back in Job 40, the end of the chapter, Lord willing, here in just a few moments. But let me say this first, thank the Lord for the good services at the Bible Baptist Church of Mont Alto, Pennsylvania. We'll be there, Lord willing, this coming Sunday with Brother Maury and Brother Skolton as well. And we're looking for some folks to come. We're looking for uh, folks to be invited to attend the services, to be in the house of God. Uh, There's some visitors that need to be there. There's family and such of the church there that need to be under the word of God. And if we would, could we agree in prayer that God would send them in? There's the twin boys of Brother Gary there in the church especially. And he's been greatly burdened about his sons. They need to be in the house of God. And so if you would, would you help us to pray that God would send them in, sit under the preaching, that they would hear something that would trigger in them, something that would stir them in the preaching of the Word of God. Also tonight, we're in Vacation Bible School with Brother Maury over in Blaine, Pennsylvania, the Monastic Community Baptist Church, 630 to 8.30. He'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night as our missionary for Vacation Bible School. For those of you outside the area, would you pray about that? Those of you in the area, would you consider attending, bringing children with you? And we'd love to have you be a part of the Vacation Bible School. Now, as we continue on uh, in the podcast, as we come to the end of what we're doing here in the book of Job, I've invited several preachers that I personally know that I have confidence that they can bring the Word of God to us, and they're going to preach to us and bring the Word of God to us over the next two weeks, and how we do thank the Lord for that. And we'll be at family camp, and family camp's a very difficult place to record, although not impossible, but the Lord just give me a little bit of rest that I can take some time here and to take a couple of weeks, have other men preach, then I can listen to the podcast and enjoy the podcast myself. And so I pray that you'll tune in beginning on Monday. We already got Monday and Tuesday lined up, got some others on hold, getting ready to put the messages out there and be prepared for what God has for us. So would you tune in the next two weeks and listen to some other preachers besides me and listen to what the preaching of the word of God has for us. We're dealing with behemoth today, and what I find interesting in this is the Lord tells Job a couple of things, and of course, he's already uh, spoke of Job, and the last thing he said to him, Job, basically, when you could do this, 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 and this, then will I also confess unto thee that thine own right hand can save thee. Job, if you can do all of these things, I'll know that you can deliver yourself by your right hand. Yet Job is unable to do those things. Why? They're the work of God. And there are so many things that are the work of God that men try to replace. And they try to replace it with their labors and their works and their ideals and their process and their mindset. And yet it's the work of God. Rather than just letting the word of God have its course, preaching the word of God, letting God have his way, the word of God is now manipulated, it's twisted, it's turned around. I look at the titles of messages and 
you know, it seems like there's some tremendous sounding messages, great thoughts out there, especially you've got on the internet, you look at messages and you go, man, that's just a tremendous thought for today. Man, what a great thought. And then there's just absolutely nothing to the message. I heard a man years ago, he preached on the feminization of fundamentalism. I thought, boy, that'll be a good message. And all he did was preach all his gripes and bet peace for about 45 minutes. I never did learn about the feminization of fundamentalism. It was just a title. So recently, I had titled the sermon, The Greatest Message Ever Preached. I wrote that at the top of the paper. Now, I only had like five verses written down, but I showed that to a few of the men with me and said, I want you to notice this. That's the name of my message, The Greatest Sermon Ever Preached. And so I thought about maybe doing a series, uh, part two, part three, and you know, never ending, part 117, The Greatest Sermon Ever Preached. You know, that way people really are impressed with the title of the sermon. Oh, my goodness, I heard The Greatest Sermon Ever Preached. doesn't matter what you say, it's all in the title. And that's just the way a lot of people are today. That's where a lot of folks are living today. It's all what they say. It's all in their words. It has nothing to do with the content. They profess themselves to be Christians, but they also profess themselves to be wise, and they're fools. They profess themselves to know Jesus Christ, but that what they speak and what they are are two different things. That's what God's going to challenge Job with in this very matter when he talks about behemoth. He says, behold, but now behemoth. Take a look at this, Job, which I made with thee. He is grass as an ox. Now, the Lord says much about behemoth, and regardless of where you think he is or what you think he is, there's no doubt he was a creature in Job's day. He lived in the days of probably the area of Job. Job was very familiar with him. He was a mighty creature. And he says, lo, now his strength is in his loins and his force is in the navel of his belly. And it's interesting, a man's strength is in his legs. It's also in his loins. That's why the Lord told Job to gird up thy loins like a man. That's why he told him to gird up his loins at the start of this chapter, because he's going to tell him the strength of behemoth is in his loins, it's in the navel of his belly. That's where his strength is. That's where your strength's going to come from, by the way. A man's strength is in the Lord. A man's strength is in the might of God. A man's physical strength, if he has any, and not all men have physical strength, but it's in his loins, it's in his upper legs, it's in the fact that he has that strength, that core strength, that inner strength. That's what he's looking at. So the Lord's telling Job these things of this creature. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He's a mighty beast. He's a mighty creature. There's been nothing like him. There still is nothing like him. He has strength immeasurable. He's, he has endurance immeasurable. He does things, and the Lord is telling Job, you need to look at this. You need to consider this. You need to take a look at this behemoth because I want you to learn a lesson or lessons, if you will, from behemoth because of what he does. And he goes on with him, and he says, he is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Now, it's interesting. He is the chief of the ways of God. And I, I looked at this very carefully, and I had to go back and look at a couple of them. But I notice this first and foremost, he eateth grass as an ox. He's a great creature. He's a mighty creature. He has a great strength. No other creature can come at him. Only God can come at him. That's what that reference is to the sword. Really, man can't really do him harm because of his size. Now, I realize modern technology with guns and dynamite, nuclear weapons. Yes, men can, they can do great harm to a creature like this, but... In the days of Job, who is going to harm this creature? Just like Leviathan, you'd take a hook and pull him out. And that's what he's speaking of here. He's chief of the ways of God, yet God sustains him. God is taking care of him. You consider the lilies, 
Have you considered the lilies today? You look at them. Solomon, all his splendor was not arrayed as fine as one of these. What did the lily do to earn his beauty? Absolutely nothing. You look at the birds of the field. You look at the birds of the trees, the birds of the grass. You look at the birds of the water. What have they done today for the, the sustain themselves? Absolutely nothing. But you know what's amazing is there's some creatures, they only have to work for their food. I considered the anteater when I was looking at this and how the anteater has to dig, to dig his tongue and with his claws and his face and he goes in those ant hills and he goes in those termite mounds and he just eats and eats and eats and everything. And you realize how many ants you have to eat to fill up your belly, but yet he spends all his days tearing up ant hills, tearing up termite mounds, eating, eating, eating. He labors. He, he is laboring into finding his food and finding enough ants. Look at the honey badger, the meanest and nastiest of all creatures kind of like the wolverine here, the, the rare wolverine here in the United States, but just nasty creatures. They go out and have to scavenge and find different. You realize even wolves can starve to death. Even packs of deer can starve to death. Animals, especially in the harsh conditions of winter, the harsh conditions of desert, they can starve to death. But here the Lord said, no, this, this behemoth is the chief of the ways of God. Notice this, he's not working. He's not really doing much. He's just sitting there and he's eating the green grass of the field because God has given it to him. He's in the water course that God has laid when God called that water from the seas, rained upon those mountains, and that water rained down that water course. He's lying in the water course, we'll see in a little bit, eating the grass that God has prepared for him. Now, I realize there's folks who would contend with that, but can I tell you what the Lord told the children of Israel? I'll give you a land, and in context, he said, you won't have to build cities. You will not have to build up cities. You will not have to plant vineyards. You will not have to go and tend orchards. You won't have to build your own houses. Everything will be there for you. I'll give you a land. I'll take care of your needs. There will be animals. There will be livestock. There will be gardens. There will be vineyards. You'll have everything you need in this land. That is the ways of God. God is a sustainer of those that love him. That is the ways of God. God wants to sustain you. God wants to give you cool waters. God wants to give you rest for your soul. God wants to bring you into a rest that this world can't understand. We have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. God wants to give you those things, but what are men doing? They're fighting, they're laboring, they're trying to do their way. They're trying to do their thing, just like the children of Israel. They weren't satisfied with that manna from heaven, so what did they do? They murmured against God, so God sent them that quail. What did they do then? God plagued. Vomited out of their nostrils. Plagues came upon them. They died because of their covetousness. They weren't satisfied with the provision of God. Yet this behemoth in all his ways, he's the chief of the ways of God. He just lies there in the river. God takes care of him. Now, that bothers a lot of folks. I'm not talking about this crowd laying on their couch either. Just throwing that out there. Amen. God never called you to lay on your couch. We're talking about now, we're talking about spiritual things. God will sustain you. God will take care of you. You don't work, you ought not to eat. If a man won't take care of his own, he's worse than an infidel. That's what the Word of God tells us. Not talking about this lazy crowd, this indifferent crowd, this sit-around-all-day crowd. Talking about their aches and pains and whine about their bunions and whine about their sores and whine about their... No, talk about spiritually, God will sustain them. God will take... By the way, he will take care of their physical needs, too. I just, I'd rather have, have prayed and known God and come upon a difficult time when I physically can no longer work and trust God to sustain me than a man that works and labors all his days and doesn't pray and doesn't know God. Find a man that does both, you find out God will take care of him. Amen and amen. That's the ways of God. He says, sure, the mountains bring him forth food. There it is. There's the picture he speaks of. 
where all the beasts of the field play. He lieth under the shady trees in the covert of the reed and fens. Where is he at? He's in cool waters. God's taking care of him. He has protection. He's hid. He's sheltered. He's cooled. God sends him food down from the mountains. God takes care of his need. The shady trees cover him with their shadow. The willows of the brook compass him about. So now we find out he's in a brook. He's in a cool, calm, peaceful area. And by the way, that's those still waters. And yet, there's so many today, they live out in the oceans of storms. They live out in the the bay of of storms and the, the waves and the wind and all the trouble that comes with that. They call it God. They say they're right with God, say they're walking with God, but it's storm after storm after storm, and their boat is continually getting rocked. And would you consider this? Look at Behemoth. Where's he at? He's laying in the covert of the reeds and the fens. You know what's interesting about that? Even when floods come, that animal's in the covert of the reeds and the fence has a lot higher probability of surviving. You know why? He has some shelter. He has some safety. Even when the stormy weather does come, the waves break up in those reeds and those fence. It's a picture of comfort. It's a picture of being at ease. It's a picture of being at rest. And yet there's so many folks that live in storms and call it peace. They live in trouble and call it peace. They live in turmoil and call it peace. Their marriage is on the rocks, but they call it peace. Their families can't get along, they call it peace. They're angry all the time, and they call it peace. Angry with their children, they call it peace. Children angry with their parents, they call it peace. But this is the chief of the ways of God. Go look at this behemoth. He's just another beast that God made, but God gives us an example to Job. He's telling him, I want you to take note of him. I've taken care of him. I'm going to continue to take care of him. Behold, he drinketh up a river and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. He believes he can drink the entire river. It doesn't faze him one bit. You know why? He has confidence. God made him that way. God made him to believe. God made him, by the way, God made all creatures to believe. They are in their rightful order. It's only man that messes things up. These creatures are in their rightful order, in their rightful ways. They are doing what God has called them to do. They are doing what God has made them to do. Then that spirit of the beast goeth downward to the earth, and they are no more. Yet they glorify God in their life far more than most men do. Why? Because they believe God. They just trust God. He goes on, he says, he taketh it with his eyes, his nose pierceth through snares. So here's Behemoth. Here's this great creature of the, of the waters. And the Lord's telling Job, he said, I want you to look at him. He's the chief of all my ways. I take care of him, Job. I meet his needs, Job. Whatever he needs, I take care of him with. I provide shelter. I provide protection. I provide shade for him, Job. He's at comfort. He's at ease. He's got a good life, Job. And Job, if you'll just turn back to me and believe me, and once you believe me, trust me, you'll have a good life too. How's your life? Is your life hid with God in Christ? Is it just turmoil and storms? Are you in the fens and the reeds, lying in the safety and the shelter of the shade, the cool waters overflowing your soul? Or is it just turmoil? Would you consider behemoth today? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website 
or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.